This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. Got a packed show for you today, Wednesday morning. Um, Before we get into any of that, though, uh, legendary Vikings coach Bud Grant passed away over the weekend at the age of 95. Um, We'd be remiss if we did not start the show talking about him and his legacy. Uh, 95 years old, and I was stunned when when Mm -hmm. the news came out that he was gone, which kind of speaks to to who Bud Grant was. Kind of felt like he was going to live forever. Um, he was born in Wisconsin, but nobody represented Minnesota more than him. Um, and and in, in the Vikings organization, not just the Vikings organization, the state, um, obviously the NFL at large, and, and and everyone that knew him well lost a a really great man over the weekend, Tom. Yeah, yeah, Superior, Wisconsin. So he wasn't too far from Duluth, and you know, like you kind of mentioned, he uh, um, very much was like all of Minnesota, right? Three sports at. Uh, University of Minnesota, even when he coached in the in the Canadian Football League, it was Winnipeg, which isn't mm-hmm. too far away. Um, and, you know, he had won championships up there. I mean, aside from not winning the Super Bowl, and you, when you look at the teams they lost to, I mean, these are like dynasty type teams like Shula's uh, Dolphins, you know, Bradshaw and the Steelers. Um, you know, you go down all the, the list of these teams that were just incredible. So again, Vikings fans would like to say, Hey, you know, could you win one of them? But outside of that, I mean, just he was kind of stoic and and yeah, kind of um, it, he feels like he was the first coach, obviously, it was Ben Brocklin, who he took over for, and he did like influence the rest of them, right? He, he, um, I think retired in '83, came back in '85, and then was a consultant from '86 on. And as much as I never had a conversation or a relationship with him, like I knew he was present in the building, right? He had mm-hmm. an office, he was, he was consulting the, the coaching staff. Um, and you're right, like when, when guys are kind of in their 70s, 80s, you know, certainly 90s you kind of always in the back of your head, you're like, you know, is this person in good health? Like, you know, all this stuff with him, you're right. Like I I've never been that surprised to hear someone who's 95 had passed. And I mean mm-hmm. that in like the most sincere way, like he just seemed like, um, yeah, like, like because he's so omnipresent and, and, and so influential with the Vikings. So I, honestly, I had to do a little research on him. I didn't realize he was never cut from a team. Like, I think the Eagles drafted him and he was like, I don't like that rookie contract. I'll just go play for the Minneapolis Lakers. And of course, he was kind of playing for his friend, Sid Hartman, right? Because Hartman was involved right, with that group. Right. Um, you know, like <clears throat> it was with the Eagles. And I was like, I don't like the second contract. He went and played in the, the CFL um even kind of went on his, on his own terms with the Vikings twice and so and just seemed like kind of an everyman for a guy who was that gifted athletically right he loved the outdoors he had garage sales like you know what I mean there was just there's something I there just won't ever be anyone kind of like him and I think it's um it's crazy to think like he he uh how many generations of Vikings fans have kind of like a Bud Grant in their life right because he was he he was involved with the team to the extent he was even at um o'connell's press conference right talking to his kids afterwards and stuff like that so um yeah something kind of missed there i think the vikings described him as he is the vikings and i know that phrase gets used a lot but like he kind of was i mean he he was so influential and, and and um represents the most successful tenure in vikings history for sure kind of established the vikings as a national brand from the 70s on um and you know, he's certainly someone who will never be forgotten. So we could spend a whole show talking about Bud, um, but obviously we, we definitely wanted to <clears throat> pay homage to him and 
kind of speak to you know what he meant to the franchise and it does seem like everyone has a bud grant story so mm-hmm. anyone listening i'm just i'm sure they they have their own bud grant story whether it's they knew him personally or just you know a story that stands out to them i think the one that everyone was was talking about um, on the day he passed was obviously the negative it felt like negative a million but it was like negative six before the wind yeah. the seahawks uh playoff game at at tcf bank stadium um and bud grant wears a t-shirt so you know i think everyone has their own story and um i know it's been a few days now but if if you're listening just you know take a couple moments to to think about bud and to think about the stories you have um you know special man and you know I would say gone too soon. And, and it's true. Um, mm-hmm. but he, he also lived a really full life. So um, RIP to Bud Grant, 95. <clears throat> All right. It, it's always hard to, to transition out of these things. Um, at least it feels, you know, like a celebration of life. Um, it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel so tragic. I know it's sad. Um, but man, that guy lived a full life. But um, he loved the Vikings. We'll keep talking about the Vikings. <laughs> a lot to get into today, Tom. Um, and, and we'll kind of do like a housekeeping list of, of everything the Vikings have done with, um, you know, the league year officially starting today, March 15th or the new league year. Before we get into any of the things they've added or subtracted, let's just talk about Kirk cousins, because that's where we always mm-hmm. kind of end up with on this show. I think that's where every Vikings podcast at some point ends up at every single show. It, it always comes back to Kirk cousins. <clears throat> they are not extending him. They're not mm-hmm. doing the kick the can down the road thing necessarily. They kind of are, um, but they're not giving him an extra year on his contract. They're not giving him a long-term commitment. <clears throat> the way I see it right now, based on the news that came out yesterday, he's just going to finish out this contract and and then they're going to figure out the rest later. But they did a cap conversion, saved them $16 million this year, basically added more void years and pushed out the cap hit from – I think it was roughly 46 this year to down to 20 ish this year with the cost being that next year. So Kirk cousins could finish out his contract this year, not be on the books at all or not be on the team at all and still be on the books next year in 2024 for a cap hit of $28 million to Mm -hmm. not be on the team. So this is a classic case of kicking the can down the road without actually committing to him next year. Um, it's it's the credit card thing you talk about again, Tom. Like they saved money this year, which I, I guess was really, really important because they, they still had holes to fill on their offense and defense. But having a $28 million cap hit for a guy who's not going to be on the team, I get it. There's more money next year. It opens up, but it's still going to kind of impede you of doing what you want. And then, you know, there's dead money after that. Um, so it's 28.5 and 24. <clears throat> 18.25 in, in 2025, 8 million in, in 2026, and 4 million in 2027. So they're going to be paying cousins till he's 40. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we talked about like the risks with a long term extension, the fact that he was unlikely to take something team friendly, kind of just retire in Minnesota. I mean, maybe his camp believes that this just makes it more likely that they resign him at some point. I suppose if your cousins, your I mean, you're kind of betting on yourself, right? Like, how do you know if he has a good season? How do they let him go and just gamble with, you know, a journeyman or a um, or or a rookie quarterback? I suppose if they take one in yeah. this draft, um, the team we've parsed their words a lot. I get the impression it's like O'Connell likes him. He's 
likes working with him you know they've never gone above nor should they like hey he's he's fine you know what i mean i mean that's kind of like how i've summarized those those comments that's not their exact words um I got the impression this was they went to Harrison Smith and were like, hey, can we restructure? And he was like, nah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like that's not yeah. happening. And I think they kind of tested the trade market with Dalvin Cook. And again, this is based off of rumors and stuff that was reported online, but also kind of common sense that they probably shopped around and then Eckler asked for a trade. And they were probably like, well, there's probably not a huge trade market for Dalvin Cook. So um, I think after that, you know, this is probably the final, you know, the rip cord right is, is like okay we're gonna defer right. all this money back i don't know if i mean it's absurd to think like if this is cousins last year in 26 and 27 um you're gonna be paying him right or like he's gonna have have the the, the dead cat i mean that doesn't feel great but that those numbers aren't that prohibitive it's more like what happens next year because it does feel like they're kind of hard resetting right and we have all these different words for different things but like they're not tanking right we know that they don't ever intend to do that or at least that's what quasi said we also know that this isn't what a full-on tank would look like um right. also hard to do if you're just about to pay <laughs> jefferson hawkinson but like i'm calling it a hard reset because it's like the only reason why I think they'd be competitive at all is like I'm not certain the NFL or the NFC North is that good, let us let alone the NFC as a whole. So it's like you probably can kind of compete without you know all, all four cylinders going, but like it does feel like this is kind of a reset. And it's just I thought this reset was happening while they kind of cleared the books of cousins, and it actually turns out they're doing it while kind of accommodating his salary, right? I mean, that's the only way I can think to say that. And the unfortunate part of that is I think in 24 they want to be competitive again. Yep. And you're like, how are you doing that then if you're paying a quarterback who's not playing with that kind of cap hit? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Again, Brzezinski's great. I, I got to imagine he's being tested right now in terms of just how this all works. And um, I know there's there's a plan here. And I think as much as people have kind of gone up and down, right? Everyone, I think, is on board with Connell, with Quasi. I think people have kind of gone up and down throughout his tenure. But it's like, if these draft picks kind of show out, right? He has a good draft and he gets something some production out of the second-year players. And the fact that the Davenport move and some of the stuff we'll get into, like he's done some savvy things. It's just like right after the Davenport thing where you like, they solved the Zadari Smith problem, if you want to call it that, where he wants off the team, turn around and you're like, wait, you just gave, you know, you just deferred all this money back from cousins. And so yeah. it's a situation they're in. I mean, again, this is why people wanted to, to burn it down last year. I'd argue it's fine. They won 13 games. It's fine what they did, but the feeling things bit them a little bit and the cousins thing is biting them right now. For sure. It is weird looking at the books next year and just on over the cap. I'm looking on my phone. Like you, you jump to the 2024 tab. Kirk Cousins has the highest cap hit on the team. Yeah. And he might not be on the team. Like it, it is, it, it's something that almost had to happen. <clears throat> if you couldn't get Garrett Harrison to take his pay cut or if you didn't, you couldn't find a trade suitor for, for, for Dalvin cook this is kind of like the best way of creating cap space without committing to Kirk cousins long-term, which if they were willing to do this cap conversion, Tom, like common sense would tell me they couldn't agree on a long-term deal or either the Vikings or the, or Kirk cousins didn't want a long-term deal because if you're going to kick the money down the road, you might as well just commit to them. Um, mm -hmm. But because they, they didn't commit to them, it, it makes me seem like, you know, as they still kicked money down the road without committing to him, it, it seems like that's an active decision not to to tie themselves to Cousins any longer than this year. So we'll see how that kind of transpires over the next, I'll say two years, because after the next two years, 
the cap hit, even though it still exists, is pretty negligible in in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of the NFL books. Um, but twenty eight million and then eighteen two five is not insignificant the, the following year as well. So twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, you're going to be jumping through some hoops um, with a quarterback who's potentially not on the roster. That being said, it did save you money this year or it created cap space this year, I should say, to go make some moves, to to do things to improve the team, to change it up a little bit. 